Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hour number three, the Pete Callender Show. I am the Pete. This is the show. You are in it. It's right here. It's happening right now. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. Email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Um, the courts matter because that's where the progressive movement is advancing its agenda especially here in North Carolina, because they don't control the legislature. Obviously, they're doing their long march through the institutions, like arts, media, schools. But the courts matter a lot. And I saw the uh, the video from the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school board meeting the other night. Uh, went viral after the libs of TikTok and Christopher Rufo uh, got a hold of it, this uh, you know, a radical gender theory, as, it, as it's being promulgated in the schools, in the school libraries with these books. And there was a woman, I think a mom, she came down and she read a passage from one of the books that's available in a local middle school, I believe. And it's literally a guide on how boys can uh, perform sexual acts with other boys. It's literally an instruction manual. She read this stuff, and I felt so bad for that sign language interpreter. Oh, my goodness. I'm not sure he thought that that was going to be part of the gig. (laughs) But, uh, because, you know, they're very expressive. A lot of times, you know, like their their facial... uh, yeah, expressions, it's just, yeah. Because this, I mean, the passage was graphic. And then, at least dash you, I'm not going to play the audio, no. I thought about it for like half a second and then said no. Um, but um, the chairwoman, then with the smarmy response to the mom who said, you know, we're going to vote you all out, and at least dash you said, well, I'm not on the ballot. I'm not up for election this year. <laughs> Joke's on you. I have never seen a school board, and I covered Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools for a decade during, like, the height of the uh, the desegregation. Well, when we got lifted, when the desegregation busing order was lifted, and they were doing all this, the student reassignments and the construction fights about where to put schools and bond reference. I mean, it was nasty. I'm talking... The, the board meetings would be packed with parents screaming and yelling. And this school board is more dysfunctional and juvenile. And I think half of them are from, I think half of them represent like Mars. I think they are all like, yeah, I think they ran in like, like a space cadet program or something. I have serious questions about whether or not they have any understanding, like uh, how detached from reality are they? Uh, I have serious questions about some of them. Now, that being said, the book was read. It went viral. And at least our school board is not trying to criminalize parents at this point. Like some school boards did. They asked for help from the FBI now this is happening, by the way, with the because um, this is part of the long march through the institutions. And by the way, there is a there's a part of this the radical gender theory 
particularly with the, the, the transing of the kids. Um, Abigail Schreier talks about this, that there are, um, and she's been doing research uh, into uh, transgender, uh, gender dysphoria issues for years. And, um, and she, she says there are, there, there are different kinds of people that have gender or are transgender. There are people who are truly gender dysphoric. It's a very, very, very small portion. Like, I think she said like less than 1%. There are uh, people that are radicals, and then there are people that are confused as part of like a social contagion. But the key here is that the is that all trans people politically, virtually all of them, become radicals. They become left wing radicals, and that's the hook from a political perspective. That's the hook for the long march through the institutions. This Gramscian idea, the neo-Marxist idea that you go through the institutions, it's not an economic play. you got to take control of the culture because the culture informs the proletariat, the masses, the hoi polloi. This is what we think it's our culture, but it's actually not. It's the culture that the elites are pushing down onto us, and we think it's our culture, but it's totally not. So you got to break them of that cultural attachment. So there is a uh, state lawmaker in Virginia who is virtually giddy at the prospect of charging parents with felonies or misdemeanors if they do not affirm their child's sexual orientation and gender identity. She wants criminal charges to be on the table for parents that don't go along with this. Thousands of students in Virginia walked out of class. You remember, remember seeing some of the video a couple of days back. They were protesting the governor, Glenn Youngkin's newly proposed model policies on the treatment of transgender students at school. Youngkin argued that school districts and school administrators have to keep parents or should not keep parents in the dark about their kids' sexual orientation and gender identities. To me, this is so obvious. And again, I don't have children, so I have obviously the best parenting advice. So (laughs) it seems obvious to me, though, that if your child is suffering from a medical condition, which I am told this is, I am told this is, much like a dysphoria surrounding ableism uh, or uh, much like a dysphoria around uh, body shape or size, like uh, bulimia or anorexia or something. If my if my kid is suffering from that and the uh, the school knows and the teacher knows, why would you not tell me that? Don't you have an obligation to report that to the parent? Well, no, you can't because some parents might not affirm their kids, and so if you don't affirm the kids then they are more likely to kill themselves. This is what they say to get parents to go along with the process. Even though they're not always certain that this works. They're not. And some kids who transition, and right now you want to see true hate? Go find some of the people who have detransitioned and now regret it. They regret ever having 
uh, gone through it. Some of these people are now suing the, the children's hospitals and stuff and the doctors that led them down this path because they were sick and they were, they were pushed or, or, or directed into a certain course of treatment that now will shorten their life because some of, the, uh, some of these people are on, um, they're on antibiotics because they're, they, they got all this stuff going on. They got different body parts that have been constructed in the body might try to reject these things. And so at some point, the, the meds stop working and it kills you. Um, but the hate directed at these people, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And it's coming from the LGBT, quote, community. Or should I call it the family? Because that is what you guys say, right? The family. It's coming from the family. Because people are saying, whoa, 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 this was a mistake for me. There may be, you may, you, there may be other people this is a mistake for. Don't, don't do what I did. The day that Governor Yunkin wanted to implement this policy, said this Virginia lawmaker. Where's her name? Guzman. Democratic Virginia Delegate Elizabeth Guzman. In response to this program, she said, the day the governor... Uh, wanted to implement this policy, I immediately texted the policy lead of that committee and said, this is how we're going to push back. Guzman is a social worker, and she's planning on introducing, reintroducing a bill in Richmond that she says would help protect the kids from their parents and guardians who do not affirm their kids' sexual orientation and gender identity. Her bill would expand the state definition of child abuse and neglect to include parents who do not affirm their child's gender identity, or sexual orientation. And what that means is that you could be charged with a criminal misdemeanor or felony because it's child abuse. She's reclassifying it as child abuse. This is the reason, Dole ties back, like I talked about these topics in the first hour about Democrats getting into trouble here with big portions of their base. You guys are... you. You're, you've gone kind of nuts. I'm not sure you, you realize this or not, but you have. I'm just trying to help out. I'm a giver. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. A reminder, Thursday, 8 o'clock, be there or be square, as the kids say. Talktoberfest, every Thursday in the month of October, presented by Kristen Bernard and Power Home Team, Keller Williams South Park, 8 o'clock on the Facebook live stream for the WBT page. You go there and you can watch it. It starts at 8 o'clock, and it's like an Ask Me Anything. You get people commenting, and you can participate. You can throw uh, questions around. You can chat with other uh, fans in the uh, in the chat box and stuff. It's a load of fun. I did it last week with Vince Coakley. This week, it is uh, Mark Garrison, and uh, that's that's French. Mark Garrison and uh, Brett Jensen, they'll be uh, they'll be holding down the fort. I will make an appearance. I mean, I'll be in the chat box causing trouble, talking about mayo, you know, that kind of thing. Go check them out. WBT.com has all the details. The Facebook page, though, is where the live stream happens on Thursday at 8. Michael, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm all right. I am all right. What's going on? I just want to uh, offer a, a simple question. How does anybody on our current school board deserve 
to be on the ballot to be reelected. Well, they, I think they believe they're doing a fantastic job. Well, people believe in things that are forces. <laughs> I agree. That's, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're asking me. I mean, you're asking me to explain the motives of uh, of a school board politician. Uh, that's like, what's the? There was the old. I think it was Mark Twain that said, you know, first God made idiots for practice, and then he made school boards. So, right, I mean, th- this is not something new, and I'm not, this is not directed towards anybody personally on the school board per se, but, uh, I mean, even Joe White, the old uh, city councilman who ran for Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board, was the chairman for several years, and he said his own daughter said to him when he made that move over to school board, she said, why would you do that? Like, with city council, some people like you. When you go to school board, nobody likes you. So the school boards have, uh, they've got a pretty bad reputation, just generally speaking. Deservedly so. Yeah, I would say so. And so maybe that creates some sort of a, a thick skin. So they think that all criticism can be dismissed because they get so much of it all the time. I don't know. Well, they, they certainly deserve this. They have been weighed. They have been measured and they have been found wanting. Yes. Now, I agree. So vote for change. All right, Michael, I appreciate the call. Yeah, vote for change. You have the opportunity. Voting, uh, early one-stop voting starts Thursday, and uh, absentee by mail is already underway. But I think you got, I think it's until the 20th you can make the request, I want to say. So basically, if you haven't done it by now, you really, you should just wait till Thursday and then do the the one-stop voting. Um, sorry, I'm just retweeting something here, typing in the hashtag. That's that's right. I'm multitasking, not well. All right, so uh, the WJLA.com, I think it's a TV station, their story on this Virginia lawmaker who wants, she has a bill. She says if a child shares with the teachers or counselors, what are called mandated reporters, they, in other words, they, they are mandated to report what they are told. And so if the kid shares with the mandated reporters what they are going through, we're talking about not only physical abuse or mental abuse, what the job of that mandated reporter is to inform Child Protective Services. And then that's how everybody gets involved. There's also an investigation in place that's not only from a social worker, but there's also a police investigation before we make the decision that there's going to be a CPS charge. What would the consequences be, the reporter asked, Well, it could be a felony. It could be a misdemeanor. But we know that uh, CPS charge could harm your employment, could harm their education, because nowadays many people do a CPS database search before offering employment. This is is for a parent who says, uh, no, Joey, you're not a girl. That's, That's what she wants to do. She wants this to be a felony that will then follow that parent for the rest of their life And it would harm their ability to get employment because they won't bend the knee. Matt Walsh talks about this. He said, like, people ask him, is this a hill to die on? Why, Why are you picking this hill to die on? He says, this hill is the hill for objective truth. And if I have to pick a hill to die on, what better hill? Right? What would you tell your Republican colleagues who say this is criminalizing parents? She says, oh, no, it's not. It's educating parents. 
It's edu- It's not criminalizing. It's educating because the law tells you the do's and the don'ts. See, so when we tell you what to do and what not to do, and then you do the thing you're not supposed to do, and then we slap criminal charges on you, that's not criminalizing parents, you see. Oh, it's like, it's like criminalization that doesn't identify as criminalization. It's transalization, I guess. I'm going to have to work on that one. She says, this law is telling you do not abuse your children because they are LGBTQ. Okay, you should not be abusing your children for any reason, right? Doesn't it? It doesn't matter. You should not be abusing children. I thought I thought we were all. Didn't the bumper stickers teach us all that back when I was a kid? Remember, all kids, you can't beat them. Remember that? I, I guess that campaign was a fail. I think that it's extremely important that we show as a community we are ready to accept each other for who they are and whom they love. And this is not a bill that will agitate parents because we haven't seen any parents to come against it. (laughs) Oh, I suspect that might change. (laughs) Matt Vespa, townhall.com. He says, I'm going to be friendly to Democrats for a second. And posit that most of them don't believe in this pronoun, all the kids should become trans fad that's engulfing their party. Then again, the people they keep sending to Congress and state legislatures appear to be all for snorting this woke powder up their noses while giving zero forethought to how this looks to average voters. Democrats in some very blue parts of the country are not on board with this nonsense. He goes on to say later is that this is a backdoor way for Democrats to police free speech. If you say certain things in the safety and security of your own home, you could be charged with a misdemeanor. You could probably guess the longer game here. The focus now is proper pronoun use, right? But what other forms of speech does the left hate? Where, where it's gonna, where's the next example they're going to find to try to roll into this existing legislation that then permits law enforcement to en- enter the, the home on, on a health check. Like, then what? This is some scary stuff. you got the ACLU has filed a complaint against the Pen- uh, Pennsylvania School District. I think it's Bucks County. Um, it's accusing one of the state's largest school districts. The ACLU it says that the largest school district is discriminating against gay and transgender students in part because of a proposed policy that bars teachers from displaying gay pride flags in their classrooms. So I have to be able to display this flag. That's my free speech rights. You can't. Well, what other flags are you allowed to display or not for that matter? No, Jay, no. You, you're not getting a cut of that live read. Nice try, though. I applaud the effort. So the ACLU in Pennsylvania is accusing one of the state's largest school districts of discriminating against a gay, uh, against gay and transgender students because of a proposed policy that bars teachers from displaying gay pride flags in the classroom. So the... So the the charge here is it's discrimination against the kids if the teacher can't fly their flag. It's and 
There's a directive requiring staff members to identify students by their legal name and sex unless parents approve a change. Again, this, that to me is reasonable. That is a reasonable thing. You, like, this gets rid of all the pronoun stuff, right? I'm going to call you, like, or you're going to call me Pete every single time, and that's it. That's all it is. You don't get no he, no she, no they, it, whatever, the pronouns with they, them. No, none of it. It's just the end of it, you and the name. And if you want to change any of that, you got to get the parent's permission. Because they're the parent. It's their kid, not yours. I, mean, I know teachers like to talk about them being my students and all that, but they're not yours. They're not. You're, you're just a, you're a guardian over them for a certain period of time, and then after that year is over, and that 10 months is over, then you don't have any guardianship over them during those times anymore. It's temporary. They're not your kids. On October 6th, the ACLU filed a federal discrimination complaint with the Civil Rights Division of both the U.S. DOJ and the U.S. Department of Ed, accusing the Central Bucks School District of engaging in illegal discrimination. The district has chronically failed to take reasonable and necessary measures to address persistent and severe bullying and harassment of LGBTQ plus students generally and gender nonconforming students in particular. Okay, well, now, hang on. If the school is not stopping the bullying, then, yeah, you should probably, yeah, go after them for that. I don't think... I do, but I don't see why that means I get to fly the flag of my preferred uh, organization or movement, right? Because where does that stop? What flags am I allowed to flag uh, to fly? Am I allowed to fly uh, a MAGA flag? Why not? I'm trying to be inclusive of you know people that like Donald Trump and feel marginalized by the society that wants him. Uh, in prison or dead, right? So I want those kids to feel like my classroom is a safe space, so I'm going to fly a MAGA flag. The complaint was filed on behalf of seven people whose names and specific allegations were all redacted. Okay, well, wait. So they're all redacted. So you don't, I mean, I don't need to know the names, but the allegations. So we don't even know what the allegations are. This thing is 28 pages, and it's redacted. You can't even read it. The debate in Central Bucks is just the latest touchpoint in what has turned into a nationwide debate over how teachers and schools should handle students who want to change their name and gender identity in school, but without their parents' knowledge. Nearby Virginia, the Department of Education released new guidelines uh, requiring teachers to obtain written permission from parents before beginning to treat students as transgender. Right. You guys said this is a medical condition. You don't get to withhold medical information from parents. I'm sorry if you didn't think this through, but that's logical. Um, let me see here. There's one of uh, two other points real quick. Over the summer, the school board passed a new library book policy that allows community members to challenge library books for inappropriate sexualized content. Books that make it through a challenge process would be removed from library shelves Opponents, including the ACLU, called it a book ban aimed at censoring LGBTQ-related content. Chris Kehan, 
A district librarian for 13 years told a local NPR station that the policy sows distrust of librarians and educators to know what is appropriate for the students. Yeah, well, you don't. Yeah, I'm thinking that's pretty clear. If you're given, like, the manual on on how to sexually gratify some seventh grader, you're, you're putting that manual out on the, the, the school library shelves. I'm thinking we do have a pretty good reason to uh, question whether you should be trusted to make these types of decisions for kids because you blew that one, right? Like, th- this is a pretty big one, and you messed that one up. And why does it always seem like... How come we're how come we're de-emphasizing books like Huckleberry Finn and um, Lord of the Flies or, or what the Little House on the Prairie right Little House on the Prairie had to got take them all out they they stripped Laura Ingalls Wilder's name off of like their prize for writing and stuff we have to de-emphasize all of these things right you guys are doing these very same things and now you're mad that. Parents have a different opinion about the books that you're touting and you want kids to be able to read because a lot of this stuff is straight up porn, guys. Come on. I mean, it's like this is it's not visual. It's there. I mean, I mean, I assume it's not visual. Maybe there are pictures. I don't know. But like if it's just, it's it's written out. I mean, it's like the letter section to uh, uh, Playboy magazine, right? Those letters. Which I never read. I always was in it for the articles. But uh, let me see Lee, welcome to the program. What's going on, Lee? Hey, how are you, Pete? Hey, good. What's up? Well, I want to know, uh, if I took photographic material and I sat down on a bench with some girl or boy from the fifth grade and started showing it to them, I would be arrested. Yeah. I, I'd be arrested as a pedophile, sent to prison. So why aren't these people being held accountable like I would be? Fair question. Nobody has the desire. Nobody has the desire to criminalize their behavior, and this is why, by the way, like the conservatives on social media are labeling these people as groomers, and this is why it sticks because that is essentially the same process that people do to get kids groomed for sexual abuse. So they have very similar hallmarks, very similar uh, tactics and strategies. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. It's a good point. Thanks, Lee. It, yeah, if it's a different setting and different material, why why the different treatment with the charges in Lee's scenario versus, oh, here's a book. I'll just leave it on the shelf. Oh, you want to read it? Okay. Did they not provide that material to that kid? Is that is that graphic? Look, there's a there's a there used to be a general acceptance that there were things that were age appropriate and things that were not. And parents got to make that call. But apparently the left doesn't believe that anymore. I guess all your bases belong to me, right? All your kids belong to me. Is that the idea? News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. I did get your email, Beth. Thank you. That was for you from the producer. Um, yeah, so we were talking about... I did. I went to multiple shows. I'm a, I'm a deadhead. I was very, And I, I got to go to two before uh, Jerry Garcia died. And uh, and to say it, well, say it ironically said, was the last show I saw, I saw him first in Charlotte here, 
and Bruce Hornsby played with them. And uh, on the, I think it was the Thursday night show. And then the, uh, the last show was at RFK. And my friends and I, we all drove up to RFK in uh, Washington, D.C. because Bob Dylan was opening. And I said at the time, I want to see Bob Dylan because I'm afraid he's going to die soon. And like within a month, Jerry passed away. I'm, I'm glad I went because like that was not something that was the longest I had ever driven to go to a concert ever, you know? Um, and of course back then, you know, Charlotte didn't have music. I think is what David Tepper said. Charlotte didn't have any music until he got to town. Right. And then what he said, <laughs> All right, so wait, did I see, did I actually see the Grateful Dead in Charlotte then? Oh my gosh. I mean, there, there would be some questions. All right. Anyway. Um, back to this story here from, this is out of uh, Pennsylvania. They are suing, the ACLU is suing uh, the Central Bucks County School District. And um, I find it ironic that the librarians uh, and educators are very upset uh, because parents are going to be able to get books taken off the shelves in the libraries. And they say that this sows distrust of librarians and educators to know what's appropriate. Hey, it's not the parents pulling the books off the shelves that sows the distrust. It's you putting them on the shelves in the first place. <laughs> that's, that's the thing that sows the distrust, right? The district also came under fire for a proposed policy that prohibits staff from using their positions or their classroom decor to advocate their beliefs about politics, religion, or socio-political issues, including beliefs about sexual orientation and gender identity. Under the policy, the district is no longer allowing teachers to display gay pride flags in their rooms because it has now become part of a political... Remember, this was the argument on the Confederate flag. And look, don't come at me. I was, I was saying... The flag does not belong flying on the state house in South Carolina, right? That you don't get to fly that flag. It marched as a different country, right? You like defeated. It's like you don't get to keep that up there. Anyway, but that being said, what was the argument when, when, when the people in defense of the Confederate flag, they would say it's about heritage, not hate and all this. And then what was the response, right? They would say the, the opponents of the flag would say, well, it's been used by the KKK. It's been used by racists. It's been used for all these things, right? And so whatever you thought it meant for you at some point, it doesn't mean that anymore because the interpretations change and perceptions reality. Well, um, thinking like maybe this might be the same argument now. Is it possible that the flag, and by the way, which flag are we talking about? Is it the traditional rainbow flag or is it the rainbow flag plus? I don't know what they call it. Is there a different name for this flag? It's got the triangle part and added more colors, which I thought the rainbow represented all of the colors because that's what a rainbow is and it represents all the colors. But then they added more colors that I thought probably were already in the rainbow because a rainbow has all the colors, but apparently not. And they made like that. It's like a triangle kind of angle thing going on. So is that the flag that's allowed or not allowed? What about the old flag? Because like if you hung the old flag up, would that be offensive? Right? Would that be discriminatory? Hard to say. Um, in his statement, the superintendent explained, once thought to be a statement of support, 
are now a flashpoint for controversy and divisiveness in our school buildings and have become a symbol of taking sides. He said he believes... Don't they make the kids turn their Trump T-shirts inside out? Wasn't that going on for a while? I remember those stories. When the kids would show up and they had the MAGA shirts and they would have to turn them inside out. Or the Let's Go Brandon shirts, you had to turn them inside out. So, like, this is not this is not a place where you get to uh, force, I don't know, your belief system on the students. You, you don't get to do this to the kids. It's, this isn't... This is not a setting for you to get affirmation about your life choices and your opinions. That's not what the school setting is. If you want to do that, um, I advise uh, becoming a radio host. It's very, <laughs> well, but you don't, have the, you don't have the classroom in front of you. You don't have the captive audience. That's true. People can leave whenever they want. They have the choice. It's almost like they got school choice here as an audience, right? They can totally leave if they want. Um, So he says, uh, the superintendent says these have become a symbol of taking sides. He believes the district's teachers support all students, though not all feel it is appropriate to hang a pride flag in their classroom. But now all of a sudden, teachers who have historically demonstrated love, compassion, and support for all of their kids, but they choose not to display the flags. Now they're being questioned. In some cases, they're being attacked and labeled as homophobic or intolerant. See, so now what? This is Kramer. This is Kramer not wearing the pin or the ribbon. Right? That's what this is. This is a Seinfeld reference. So it's not it's not even that the people have the flag in the classroom. That's not even the issue. The issue is you're not putting the flag in your classroom. They've down to this is what was that book? The Wave, right? Wasn't that the book where like the the like they uh, the, the teacher got all the students whipped up into this mob uh and showed them like they, they that they would be just like the Nazis, right? Wasn't that the name? The the Wave, I think is what it was called. And um, that's what the is that what's happening in this school district with the flags? The people with the flags are like, oh, why don't you have the flag? Well, you're a homophobe, you're a bigot. So it's like pressuring people to put the flags up in their classroom. Maybe somebody just doesn't want a flag in their classroom. The flags have taken on a contentiousness that's pulling our focus away from the support and belonging our students deserve, and they are dividing our community at a time that calls for healing. Again, maybe I'm just... Uh, old-fashioned here maybe uh, a prude but uh i don't think i don't think teachers should be talking to their students about their sex lives that's just me i don't think it's appropriate i don't think it's appropriate for the for the teachers to be talking to students about the teachers preferences or the students preferences those conversations should not be happening the correct answer is you can go talk to a counselor or your parents you're here to learn math but again i'm just a radio host All right, Brett Winnable's coming up next. Stick around. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.